Now back to the show. Sh- sh- show. Chicago's college tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. College Tailgate, presented by Twin Peaks, Tyler Rocky, Shane Norling, our final episode of the year. College season dwindling down. Sad. Sad. Dwindling? It's dwindled. It's dwindled. We've got one to go. The college season ended a month and a half ago. I know we always say it every year, but, like, damn, this football season went fast. Like, we've got one college football game, we've got one more weekend of NFL regular season action, but it felt like... It felt like the bowl season this year went particularly fast. Don't you think? Everything, well, the bowl season went fast because I, I didn't watch, watch any it. of yeah, them. Right. I watched one bowl game. It was the Cotton Bowl, and I wish I could have that time back. Right. Like, that was <laughs> one of the worst football games of the year. I just, it, it, that commercial that plays on Sundays. Don't take it for granted because soon a cold night at the Buffalo Bills game will just be a, a cold, cold night, night in Buffalo. Buffalo. Dude, Boy, that that got real I saw, in a hurry. You had some you had some down bad tweets on Thursday. I'm sitting there and it's Thursday night and I'm going, why am I not doing anything? Like, like why t- is there you like twitching? I'm like, what? There's no football. And then I got really <laughs> sad. I was I was told my wife it was weird. I'm like, don't don't talk to me for don't a little bit. To I gotta me. go. <laughs> I gotta go like compress. I gotta go figure this out, dude. It was bad. It's. The nights without football, like we have NFL today. Mm-hmm. One of the games isn't even real. Steelers Ravens is not a real football game, right? I will watch because <laughs> I'm not taking it for granted, right? But like, you think about tomorrow's the last red zone day, and then it's basically what twelve football games, and then we're done until OTAs and training camps and preseasons, and yeah, it's brutal. Well, we're sickos enough where we'll watch spring games. I don't think I'll watch a spring game. I'm going to watch a spring game. Are you going to what, Syracuse? Oh, yeah. You're going to watch the Syracuse spring? I guess for you, because they might have, like, uh, Maseratis on the sideline. If they went to a local park in upstate New York and streamed a scrimmage, I'd watch. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. I'm such a sicko at this point for that team. I I don't even watch, like, Michigan State spring game. I don't watch it all. I I should, but I don't. I will watch just about anything for for this team. Some of the spring stuff I don't find as valuable anymore either because there's so many late transfer entries that you sit down to watch the spring game and then half the kids that are in the spring game end up on a different team by the time the season starts. So, I don't know. They, not I, this I'm not as into it as I used to not be. Not this one. Well, you're built differently We've got now. a rocket ship Probably right now. Probably at my program as well. I don't think I'm going to have a lot of late transfers this year. <laughs> Maybe some kids heard some things about the head coach last spring. And they were yeah. like, we got to get the F out of Dodge. <laughs> like this, this is not going to go well. All right. Let's, uh, we, we were talking a little bit of Bears in the draft. I want to continue that conversation here because both you and I are in agreement. We think that with the number one overall pick that the Bears currently possess, you have to go with the quarterback. We also both would love to see a receiver get snatched up by Ryan Poles with your other first-round pick, which currently is sitting at 10. I saw a mock draft from Pro Football Focus yesterday that had Roma Dunze from Washington, the wide receiver from Washington, who's going to be playing on Monday, 
as the 10th overall pick going to the Chicago Bears. That is my dream scenario. I don't think yeah. it's going to happen. I don't think the Bears will be drafting in the Roma Dunze range. But if this team can come away with Caleb and Roma Dunze, I think it's set up for a very, very bright future. And you're dropping Caleb into an NFL-ready offense. Like, that's the beauty of the Bears having the number one overall pick is that they're not the worst team in football. In fact, as we are coming down the stretch here, they're playing like one of the top 12 to 15 teams in football right now. And you're dropping Caleb into that situation. It's a little bit like... Again, like the Andrew Luck comp is there because the two players are compared to one another. The Colts didn't get the number one pick because they were some horrible team. They got the number one pick because Peyton Manning's neck gave out. Right. And he couldn't play. And Peyton Manning was the team. Like their defense was terrible. Their offensive line was terrible. Despite the fact they had weapons, nobody was stepping in. No backup was stepping in and keeping things going like Matt Castle did with the Patriots. So they go 2-14, and 14, and the following season you parachute Andrew Luck into an offense that's ready-made, weaponry-wise. Mm-hmm. The offensive line was a disaster. But as far as receiving weapons, everything was already in place. Yeah. And the Bears have a little bit of that with DJ Moore in place and an opportunity to draft somebody. Cole Komet. I think the one fear is if you do spend the number one pick on a quarterback – you are likely taking yourself out of range for certainly Marvin Harrison Jr., yes. certainly Malik Neighbors, and likely Roma Dunze. And then you start here, having to play the dice game of which receiver do I want later. There are a lot of them. There are a lot. Like You will wind up with a first-round receiver if you want one. It just depends. You're kind of capping the ceilings on some of these guys. Here's what I would say, though. If you're a Bears fan, and it happens every single year, so I think you're in a solid spot for it, you got to root for the quarterback steam at the in like the draft process where like some of these quarterbacks rise. Like Jaden Daniels, all of a sudden becoming a top five pick is glorious for the Chicago Bears. Yep. You got to hope on Monday that we see a shootout between JJ McCarthy and Michael Penix Jr. Because yep. if both of those guys all of a sudden become top ten prospects, and I think JJ is probably a little bit more likely to do so, just because he's had the pedigree throughout his career as like this top build, five star guy, elite prospect. Whereas Michael Penix has just kind of risen the ranks. Um, I think if those two guys enter the top ten, then I'm feeling really good about your prospects of getting a Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunze if you still are sitting at ten. Well, just think about like on draft night if you take Caleb. And then Washington does what they will do and take Drake May. Mm-hmm. The Patriots right behind them need a quarterback. Could they flip out and take Jaden Daniels or Michael Penix and leave Marvin Harrison Jr.? He drops another spot. That leaves another receiver mm-hmm. on the board for There's the good Cardinals. offensive tackles in this draft, too. Right. Like it just another it premium leaves, position. It drops players another spot. So then you've got like the Giants. Could they lose their minds and draft a quarterback? I think it's unlikely, but they don't like Daniel Jones. That's why they built in an early out. So and could, that's like the perfect situation for this next tier of quarterbacks. Have them sit behind Daniel Jones for right. a year. You pick up J.J. McCarthy or Bo Nicks or Michael Penix or whoever. Jordan Travis, he's not going to go that high because yeah. he's got a broken leg. But you get the point. You can pick one of these guys up if you're the Giants. Like mm-hmm. there's options. And then if you get the steam and the quarterback run early, then you have an opportunity where, whoa, we're sitting at 10 and somehow Malik Neighbors is still on the board. Yeah. That's that's the dream situation if you're the Chicago Bears right now. 312-332-3776 if you want to join us here. Bill is in Hinsdale. What's up, Bill? 
Hey, what's going on, guys? I I'm I, I I think the guy who was saying you don't need Caleb Williams. I Caleb Williams isn't a winner. If you if you watch the last seven games this year, he lost six of them. I mean, and then he cried on his mother's shoulder. Who cares, after Bill? Yeah. Who cares? What do you mean? Also, you only lost five. What do you I mean? Bill, you're right. Bill, keep going. <laughs> what do you? Why can't, does, if you, Bill, why does it bother you, you that he cried after 12, a loss? How are you gonna? Wait a minute. If you can't win in the Pac-12, how are you gonna win in the NFL? Be Preach, bro. I mean, the guy, Preach it. Patrick Mahomes didn't win at Texas Tech. You know what? I mean, you just—I I just heard you say J.J. McCarthy was never a five star. Yeah, he so, was. So who, what are you talking no, about? He, was he was the number three no, quarterback in America. Are you out of your Tyler, mind? Tyler Buckner committed to Notre Dame, and he—he he got the second place prize and went to Michigan. He was never a five star. Trust me. So I don't know where you're getting all your facts, but Caleb Boy, do what John Lynch did to Ryan Pace five years ago. Please, whoever wants the first pick, like Ryan Poles did last year, and improve the team seven games from last year. So I don't get what what you. It's a simple thing. You don't need uh, a good athlete who's going to throw up numbers and not win. I mean, why would you want to do that again, Bill? You know, Bill Field is the best Bill, athlete. Who's, on the field. whose fault Every- is it? Bill, whose fault is it when the defense lets up 52 points? Is it Caleb Williams' fault? J.J. McCarthy was a four-star, by the way. He's a five-star. 24-7 yeah. composite, five-star, ranked 25th. He might have been a three-star by the end of this show, but my point is, <laughs> okay, so so he put you in a position to beat the Denver Broncos, and, yeah, he had a bad turnover. And he threw up on himself but, after that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm telling you, get a new offensive coordinator, get a center in the second round, take fleece. Please, Bill Belichick, I can't believe I'm saying that, but please, Bill Belichick, do the same thing John Lynch did to Ryan Pace five years ago and gave us this pile of crap and Mitch Trubisky. It's a simple solution. He already improved the team by doing that, getting a DJ Moore, getting you know a Darnell Wright. You wouldn't have those players if you just take, took the first pick and did nothing. That's what good organizations do. They, they go out and they fleece teams. And that's the John Lynch plan I was trying to tell Dave Kaplan six years ago when he was telling me how great Mitch Trubisky is going to be. And, you know, you, you can add three, three really good pieces to your puzzle if you, if you have that, that game plan going forward. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's simple, but you don't need Caleb Williams. I'm sorry. He can't beat Utah. He can't beat Tulane. And he certainly can't beat uh, a team in the NFC. What do you mean he can't beat Tulane? What is he doing? He was injured. No, he played against Tulane in the bowl game. He threw for like 450 yards and, what, five touchdowns? Did he win the game? Bill, they gave up 60 points. How's he supposed to win? They were so the Bill, they were the worst defense in Power 5 football. They were bottom 10 out of 133 teams. They were bottom 10. How was he supposed to win? Could Patrick Mahomes win bowl games at Texas Tech? Bill, answer the question. Did Patrick Mahomes win at Texas Tech? Bill, answer it. Yes or no? Bill, answer it. Yes or no? Did Mahomes win at Texas Tech? He didn't have Andy Reid. Bill, did he win at Texas Tech? Yes or no? Did he win at Texas Tech? I wasn't at Texas Tech season Did he win at Texas Tech? Yes or no? He did. He did. I'll he say did he not. Did. 
Thanks for the call, Bill. <laughs> he lost to way, Tulane. Oh, what, what's he supposed to do? Be Jesus Christ? Play defense? You need, you, need Caleb Williams. you need Caleb Williams lining up at slot corner so that they don't lose to Tulane. That was incredible. Be God, a, that pisses di- me off. Be a difference maker. Be like Otani. Play both sides. That was incredible. By the way, J.J. McCarthy, 24-7 composite, 25th overall prospect. He was a five-star. I saw four-star on 247 and ESPN. Well, the 24-7 composite is like considered universally I'll take the I'll best. Take that you're supposed to use. Caleb Williams against Tulane. That was great, Shay. 37 of 52 for 460 and five touchdowns. They lost 46-45 because they couldn't buy a stop. They couldn't have stopped dead people. You could have put babies in wheelchairs. They would have gotten five touchdowns on Alex Grinch. (laughs) They fired the defensive coordinator in like week nine. They were terrible. And then I got to read after the season every other Pac-12 coach talking about their defense was a disaster. Nobody knew what they were doing. It was mercenaries out there trying to get film, pump numbers, go to the NFL. It was terrible. Nobody played as a team. Now I got to hear about Caleb Williams can't beat Tulane. He went for 460 and five tuds. What is he supposed to do? Play slot corner? Stop. Yep. Tom's on the north side. What's up, Tommy? Hey, guys. Great show. Maybe we can tone it down a little. Um, (laughs) Year of civility, as Waddles called it. There you go. Okay, answer a question, if you may. Is Mm -hmm. Caleb Williams worth three number ones, two number twos, a potential all-pro, and maybe something else thrown in? Is Is any player worth that? Listen, Tom, it's it's a very interesting question. Like, and I I heard like the the conversation of oh like Justin or Caleb Williams has to be three first round picks better than Justin Fields. No, he doesn't. If he's a star quarterback, like you take a star quarterback, and if you can put a star quarterback on your team, you're setting up hopefully 15 years of quarterback play for your franchise. Can you imagine that if we had stability for 15 years? At quarterback with this franchise? I also think, like, if you hit on a top quarterback in the first round of the draft, it is worth at least three other first-round picks. It is. Like, it just is. Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow is worth three other first-round picks for the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, it just is. If, If you could go back in time, like, obviously you can't do this. And the Bengals, they took him number one overall anyway. But, like, Mm -hmm. if they had been picking eighth and they knew what Joe Burrow was going to be, they would have traded the next three years of first-round picks to get Joe Burrow. Yeah. Here's here's my thing, too. If I'm trading back to – if I'm getting out and I'm getting this haul, three first-rounders, a couple second-rounders, maybe a player in there as well, I am immediately flipping some of those picks to try to go get Justin Herbert. And I know you're not the biggest Justin Herbert guy, but I would try to flip some of those. Like, you you will then have six first-round picks over the next, what, three years, four years at least? six Anywhere between six to eight first-round picks over the next four years? I'm going out, and I'm trying to get an established quarterback. Yeah, I think the thing with Joe, uh, Justin Herbert, too, is like it's a known quantity, top-five quarterback in the NFL that's just an asset I would love to have. Yeah. 
312-332-3776. We'll take more of your phone calls when we return. This is Chicago's College Tailgate presented by Twin Peaks. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's College Tailgate has it all. Now back to the show with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. We're getting Bears feisty on Chicago's College Tailgate today. Well, really, we're talking Caleb Williams. We're talking Caleb Williams. Because that is who both Shay and I want the Bears to move forward with, a quarterback. 312-332-3776. If you want to join the conversation as well, Bob's in Joliet. What's up, Bob? The late Jerry Krause, rest in peace, once said, organizations win championships. Uh, Running backs were all the rage in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And then the phrase franchise quarterback came along has that trend run ran its course and have a uh, defenses adjusted to where the franchise quarterback has gone away thanks thanks bob sounded a little like fair didn't he that, and, tom, and he, that tom thayer in a he, disguise a little bit thayer, thayer's from joliet that might be a, a Thayer relative right there. Tom, Is that Thayer Tom Thayer's dis- brother? Did he just ask us if the era of the franchise <laughs> quarterback is over? Maybe he's not related to Thayer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just look at it like, okay, the, mean, N- the NFC, when you look at the playoff standings, I get it. Brock Purdy makes 0% of the cap and the Niners are the one seed. But mm-hmm. you got Dak, franchise QB, Jalen Hurts, franchise QB, Matthew Stafford, franchise QB, the mm-hmm. AFC, they're all franchise quarterbacks. Right. Lamar, Tua, everybody except Flacco, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that's Stroud. If, if Flacco plays like this, he is a franchise QB. Man, yeah, he might be. <laughs> Can you imagine he wins the Cleveland Browns Super Bowl? That's <laughs> they would build him a statue for that, like eight games. That would be one of the like if Joe Flacco goes out and wins the Super Bowl, I am bypassing the wait time and I am putting him directly in Canton. No, get the f out. For winning this Super Bowl, he is if he not wins, a super. He's not he, a Hall of Famer. If he wins the Super Bowl this year, he is one thousand percent a Hall of Famer. No, he is not. Yes, he is. He's not even sniffing yes, the Hall of is. Fame. Zero this, Pro Bowls. This run will be one of the most miraculous Super Bowl runs of That's all time. Fine, put it in an exhibit, but they, he will not be a Hall of Famer. Two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time in all likelihood Super Bowl MVP. He's getting in. He's not getting. In. If he if he does this, this, no. and if he does it with Cleveland. No, he's not. If he that. bounces the Ravens along the path, the NFL Hall of Fame is too serious of an institution to put Joe Flacco in. Yeah. Debate. No Hall of Fame is a serious institution. The anymore. NFL Hall of Fame no, is the only not. one that is because they are strict. No, not really. Appropriately strict. MLB strict in the most wrong ways. Yes. Um, th- that's two of my favorite little subplots for the playoffs, by the way. Flacco potentially knocking out the Ravens on their dream run would be incredible and Stafford knocking out the lions on their like fever dream would also be incredible. (laughs) That's what I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for both of them. Um, All right, let's keep taking some of your calls. Three, one, two, three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. If you want to join us here, Joseph is in New York listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Joseph? Hey guys. What's going on? Can you hear me? We got you. Okay, cool. So I I just I've been toiling with this whole notion as everybody has. I I have definitely I'm with you guys. It, it's Caleb. You got to go with Caleb. But I present one question. What if Polls is thinking, you know what? 
I can trade down, get a boatload of picks, and still pick up 10x, Bonix, JJ. I just want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, one of like the second or really like third tier QBs. Yeah, thanks for the phone call, Joseph. Here's where I'm at with Ryan Poles. That's that wouldn't be my course of action, but I think he's done such a damn good job of constructing this roster. I'm okay with it. I don't know that there's a wrong decision yeah, he can make. I don't think there is. I just I well, I I'll say this. The wrong deci- the only wrong decision you can make is not drafting a quarterback at any point in the draft. You Probably. have to draft a quarterback, whether it's the first round, third round, fifth round, you have to get someone in there. If he's going to get a legit like like if he's going to take some kid out of I don't know, wherever, who cares? Fourth round quarterback and like you're hoping he becomes Dak Prescott, whatever. Mhm. But if he's going to take one of these guys near the top, it's going to be Caleb Williams. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not worth it. I don't think there is any benefit to taking a haul of picks and spending it on a non-premium quarterback. Look what happened with uh, Desmond Ritter. Like, one day we're going to figure out that these non-premium guys that go in the first round typically don't make it in the NFL. Even Kenny Pickett. Like, Pittsburgh was just kind of, like, strongholded into taking Kenny Pickett, right? If you're taking a quarterback at 20, he's probably not. If you're taking the first quarterback off the board and it's at 20, it's probably not worth taking. Right. That's that's my issue with trading out and taking one of the other quarterbacks. And, like, I like Bo Nix. I like Michael Penix. I like a lot of these guys. But they aren't Caleb Williams. And that's where if you're going to take a quarterback in the first round, I don't want you to trade down and get extra picks to do it. I want you to take Caleb Williams. If you're not going to take a quarterback in the first round, I can get on board, but that means you're choosing Justin Fields and then getting somebody in the second round or third round that you can develop behind him. It's not like, I don't want to trade out of Caleb and get Jaden Daniels. I have no interest in doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, if Ryan Pulse's evaluation shows that Drake May is the best quarterback in this draft then okay you take drake may but uh, i don't think it like I'm, I'm with you like i trading down to get a quarterback probably is not in your best interest but you do have to pick a quarterback at some point in this draft doesn't matter what round it is but you do have to get one at some point the cam ward express <laughs> wouldn't that be we're fun? picking him up off the palouse remember remember like there was a point this season people thought cam ward could be a first rounder if he, and lo- that died very quickly. I but. think a lot of people around here haven't watched Cam Ward play football, so uh, allow me to fill you in in the only way that I think is appropriate. It's like he took quaaludes and then got on the field and just decided to rip it. Yep. No thoughts behind those <laughs> eyes. He is lights out, and he's just bombing the football. He is Leonardo DiCaprio. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, it is. It's going to be an experience. It'll be a fun one. Might not have a great result. You're going to hate it, but you will. Points too. You will enjoy yourself watching him. Rob- he is like a crackhead with the football. <laughs> Rob's in Texas, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Robbie? Morning, gentlemen. What's going on? Hope Shay took his blood pressure medication this morning. Don't want him to stroke out on the radio. Rob, we're good, man. We're just hanging out and having a conversation. Bill got me a little angry about 15 minutes ago, but we're all good. We're back. I just don't want to hear man down on the radio. Uh, oh. In any event, uh, if Fields goes out and balls this week and the Bears win. You're saying Fields? Uh, Fields? Yes. Yeah. And if they decide to move on from him, 
what type of draft choice you think they could get for him, knowing that he would probably be an upgrade for half the teams in the NFL right now? There's rumors it could be a first. Yeah, and well, I would hope that. So that that might play a part of the decision. And if you threw Fields in this year's quarterback draft class, how many of the quarterbacks out there would you rate ahead of them? Yeah, that's a that's a good question there, Rob. Yeah, obviously Williams and May, it sounds like you mm-hmm. both would, but after that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for the call, so, Rob. Uh, I would say uh, Justin would probably be the fourth draft prospect. Who would you have him behind well, I, besides I, Caleb and May? I would say Jaden Daniels would have gone ahead of Justin Fields in this draft because of the rise. See, Jaden Daniels. I don't necessarily think he'd be a better quarterback than Fields, but I think you'd see him be the fourth quarterback taken. The way Rob's asking, yeah, the way Rob's asking the question, I was thinking like rank them right now. Yeah. I would Caleb May Fields and then Jaden Daniels. Daniels to me is one of those quarterbacks who's going to get a lot of steam off of winning Heisman, and he's also going to get a GM fired. I just, but he's, he's also a fabulous player. He's got an incredible skill set. But here's what I'll say though: like, think about how many of these backups that we've seen come in and excel yeah. this year. And it's because they played four or five years of football. And this is one of those guys. He's played a lot of football. So if you want to tout Bo Nix, if you want to tout like someone like that or Michael Penix, guys who have played a lot of football, like you have to throw Jaden Daniels in that conversation. And he won the Heisman this year. I get his stats were not largely buoyed, but there was a bump because of what he did against Grambling and Georgia Southern. Georgia State and being left in in fourth quarters of blowouts. Mm -hmm. I. It's not even the stat padding so much to me. He's a fabulous player. He doesn't slide. It it but drives that, me nuts when I watch him. I think he that takes, can be teachable. He takes enormous hits. Justin Fields didn't slide. I know. Damn, we all kind of want to think might might have to move on. Like Josh no, Allen is the he only didn't one. Slide, but he, he learned how to slide. Eh. Now he still gets hit. Yeah, a but lot. That's that's just poor officiating. I'm not going to. Well, the late hits, yeah. The late but, hits, yeah. But like, like Jaden Daniels runs into hits, yeah. B- bigger hits than I. Like Cam Newton was never taking hits like this. I don't remember Josh Allen taking hits like this. I mean, he gets popped. Yeah, I do think he. The first thing they'll teach him when he gets to the NFL is, dude, you're sliding, and we need you to get down. If we're going to invest this highly in you, you need to get down. So. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to join us here, this is Chicago's College Tailgate talking a little bit of NFL draft with you. Let's go to Walt in Lagrange. What's up, Walt? Yeah, if you can indulge me with this, can I go back to the Washington Texas game? Yeah, we're going to preview that game when we come back here. But uh, go ahead. Well, Why don't you tee us off here, Walt? Okay. When when um, uh, Washington had the ball and, and the clock was running. And on that third down play, when Johnson got hurt and they had to call a timeout, I always wondered why was the, the why did the clock have to start on the snap of the ball rather than the clock should start with the ball is placed and the guy is off the field, and then that would at least give Washington the time to run the, the that should have been allowed to run down. It's just the way the that, rule is, though. Rule, yeah, yeah it's, it, when there's I an know, injury, just, the clock has to stop. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I was hope I would like to think that that could go to a rules committee because it's not it's not the, a timeout where you're you're making a timeout because you want to strategize or um, you know you want to keep the other team from you know uh, 
yeah, they 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 weren't um, they weren't trying. They, well, they, they wanted to run the clock, and it just seemed like it was so counterproductive to to, to, to the what was going on in the game. Well, the they, easy they count, got, the easy counter I have for you, and it's not that I'm arguing with you. I would just make yeah. the point that. If you're Washington, there is a way to run the clock without any risk of injury. It's called kneel the ball. Take to take a kneel. Yeah, you know, they probably should, well, they, they probably could easily have done that. Yeah. yeah. Now I, they needed a that, first down to end the game, but that's mm-hmm. the strategicness right. of it. Is if you choose it, it, to run the ball and go for the first down, there could be an injury that stops the clock. You could fumble and, and lose the football. Yeah. Like that's just a part of the game. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they they should have done anyway. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for the the call. Appreciate it. When we come back, we will dive into the national championship game taking place right here on ESPN 1000. On Monday, it is Washington. It is Michigan. We'll discuss more when we come back. Chicago's college tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Now back to the show. Chicago's college tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. We've got the national championship game Monday nights. Washington and Michigan, two future Big Ten schools. They will play each other, by the way, next year. When uh, we got the matchup that Michigan was going to be in the game, we knew we would have a national championship rematch for this upcoming season. And with Washington moving to the Big Ten, we will see these two teams square off next year. So an all Big Ten national and all Big Ten natty. Um, but let's get into it. I, I will say, with the, the death of the Pac-12 looming, what a great year for the Pac-12. And I'm so happy they're being represented in this game. Yeah. They deserve to be represented in this game. I would love to see them go out and win it, too. So right now we've got our spreads four and a half in favor of the Michigan Wolverines in this game. I got to say, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I feel like this Washington team is actually better than Michigan and has been better than Michigan pretty much all year long. They've beaten the better teams all year long. They've got the, uh, they've got an offense that Michigan has can't even dream of seeing something like this. Hasn't seen anything like Hasn't this. seen anything like this. They haven't played a team with as much NFL talent on the other side as this. I don't get where this is coming. I, I just think that this Washington team is significantly better than Michigan. What am I missing here? I don't think that. I think Michigan's the better team. You do? Yeah. Why is that? I, like I, my number would be Michigan as a six-point favorite. And I think I'm going to end up being on Michigan on Monday night. I, like as good as i feel like the matchup might be for washington it's certainly better than it was for alabama because washington can actually use perimeter weapons in a way that alabama couldn't i, I don't know how they stop michigan from scoring i don't like i i, I think michigan's going to be allowed to run free a little bit uh they're going to use roman wilson in the slot a lot the two tight end sets they can just play field position play time of possession and Honestly, I think they might score every time they touch the ball. Like but seven I minute say drives. The same thing about Washington. I don't think you can. Like, is just because Michigan hasn't seen this yet, they still have the number one defense in America. 
Washington, Washington has played top-tier defenses this year, and it's just like you bring all this together. You bring that offensive line. You bring the three NFL receivers. You've got a what's looking like a first-round quarterback. I, that offense is it feels almost unstoppable, and I feel like this could turn into a shootout. And we've seen shootouts won by Washington this year. I would say if it becomes a shootout, it's a colossal error by Michigan. They cannot let it become a shootout. They have to go on extended drives. They have to run the football, and they have to shorten the game. And if they put it on the arm of J.J. McCarthy, they will lose. And that's the thing is, like, the last drive of the game could be, all right, J.J., you've got 90 seconds, you've got two minutes, you've got two and a half. Go lead a drive. And we've seen, like, Washington's defense may look awful for the first three quarters and 12 minutes. But we've seen this Washington defense step up to the big moment time and time again this year. And I just feel like a drive that may need to be led by J.J. McCarthy against a situationally great Washington defense, I feel like if it comes down to that, it's going to be Washington's game. This is just a different task, though. Like, Michigan... We can say they haven't seen an offense. They have seen a defense way better. Two in a row. Ohio State and then Alabama. Two defenses miles better. And And Iowa, too. They were still in game control situations in pretty much all of those games, except Bama, where even when Bama was up, it felt like at some point Michigan's going to wake up. I think with Blake Corum, the way he was able to run the football against Alabama, life's easier against Washington. I just... This one really scripts out to me like Michigan's going to shorten the hell out of this game and Washington better score every time they touch the ball because if they get off the field once, you're going to be down. But the thing about Michigan is like they can stall out offensively. Against good defenses. Uh, like We haven't seen them play a bad defense like since they were stealing signs. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that they like, need to steal signs against this defense. It's the 119th in this uh, passing defense, and Michigan's got two tight ends that they lean on that'll eat over the middle of the field. You've got the running back in Blake Quorum, Donovan Edwards, who cares? But they can run Donovan Edwards out at tight end. They've done it a few times this What's year. What's Maryland's defense ranked? I don't think it's a... It, may, it might be in the same range. As Washington? Yeah. But also road game. This is Houston, so it's probably going to be like... Heavily Michigan. It's Michigan and Washington. It's going to be heavily Michigan. It's going to be. For Washington fans, like, this is it. Like, this is the last Pac 12 game they'll ever play. So people are probably like, you know what? This is our chance. It's not that way for Michigan? I mean, no. Like, Michigan has been on the last thing, but but bigger fan base haven't been on this stage in ever 30 years. But the last time it was decided, it was a poll. I would guess it's like, well, then you also have to factor in it is a. NCAA championship, so it is going to be heavily corporate as well. I feel like this is going to be like a 65-35. I don't think it's going to be like an 80-20. That's probably fair. It'll probably be more in the, like, no, I'm not saying 80-20. Taco Bell's buying the tickets too, like, uh... And it's a corporate event, but I feel like the majority of the band, especially when it's a corporate event, boy, these Michigan people fill everything. (laughs) How about post-game at the Rose Bowl? And I know this one's happy because she's a Michigan alum. I'm like, oh my, (laughs) of course. They're everywhere, these people. They, like, spawn. Yeah. No, dude, I just... I don't want it to be that way. I want Washington to win because I don't really want Michigan to win. And, like, I'm going to bet Michigan in part because I think they're going to win. And I think they're going to win by margin. And also because I could pay for them to lose. And I'll take that, too. (laughs) (laughs) 
We'll have a good hedge your life there. Or you could get double screwed. You bet the four and a half and they win by three and yeah, then you I hate mean, your that life. Would really anger me, but <laughs> no, like I just Man, they're going to be able to shorten the game the way that they want to. Against this defense, I think they're going to be able to play the style of football that they want. I think with Sam Rastill and uh, Will Johnson, you've got probably two of the best corners that you could have to match up against these receivers. And, like, I think about, I'm not saying you're going to put a lid on them. You're not. Nobody does. But, like, the Oregon game, really both times, was kind of the only time all season you saw the vertical stuff be a little less effective because Oregon had corners that could actually run with the receivers mm-hmm. and could stick on them. And you still scored like 30-plus right. points That's in what I'm saying. I don't, games. I don't like, think you're putting a lid on it, but you're not going to run the ball against Michigan the way you were able to against mm-hmm. all these other teams. I do want to... Uh, Justin po- Johnson banged up? Yeah, uh, Justin Pottinger, do we have an injury update? Dr. J in the building. Do we have an injury update on Dylan Johnson? Because he got hurt on that final yep. series mm-hmm. and nearly almost, that play almost lost Washington the game. But do we have an update on him? We do have a little bit of an update. See, Johnson, he underwent x-rays on his lower half of his body on Tuesday. Everything came back negative. So right now, he is on track to play, which would obviously be huge for Washington. I don't think he would sit out this game, guys. He, no, of course he, not. he won't be 100%, but the x-rays are negative, which is good. And him being on track to play, I would expect him to be out there. Can I say I don't think he's going to play a lot? He's so snap banged count. up. You know what's funny? I've I've seen a lot of sharp people log some Jeremy Bernard touchdown bets. Michigan State legend. Yeah. With an opportunity, a rivalry game for Jeremy Bernard. That's true. How about that? Yeah. Enemy of my enemy is my friend. That that to me, like that's part of this Washington offense too. Like I do think that's actually a pretty good bet because you look at what Washington does a lot. Like a lot of these times, these deep balls, they'll get it like perfect example the the one to Jalen Polk for 77 yards they get you down the field and then they just run it in yeah in close quarters a lot of times like it the red zone stuff is not a lot of Michael Penix right. magic it's that's a fine. lot of you don't need it power football yeah. yeah no that's like good they shouldn't be it's doing football that. yeah so, so no I don't know I think I lean more on the Michigan side of this and I think I'm gonna bet Michigan in I, the game. I so I have Washington from not the preseason but from the start of the playoff I got them at 500, plus 500. So I've got technically Washington plus 500 for the game. That's pretty good. Um, And then I took them plus four and a half, too, just because I think think it's going to be close no matter what. I also, like you, I brought up the emotional hedge. I can't bet Washington. Like, it's Michigan or nothing for me, A, because I think there's value on the Michigan side, and I think they're the better Mm -hmm. team, and I think they're going to win, and I think they're going to win by quite a bit. B, if I bet Washington and Washington loses, I'm extra angry. <laughs> and, like, I just I can't have that. On, I can't live in that world. In your life. If Michigan's going to win a national title, at least I can make money off of it. Well, good luck to you. I, I, I do think, I will say this, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Yeah, I think it'll be. Because even, even if the game script plays out the way that you think it is going to play, that doesn't mean that Washington's not going to have these mega splash plays. No, That's I'm, still going to be a part of this game. And I'm thinking, like, Michigan needs three touchdown drives in the first half, or they're in trouble. It's game on. Like, mm-hmm. if they get 14 points in the first half, game on. It's probably 14-14. You know what this game screams to me? This is one of, like, a very, very pivotal middle eight game. Like, the middle eight of this game, whoever wins, and for those who don't know, it's the final four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second half. Like, if somehow Michigan defers on the coin toss 
and they've got the ball in the final four minutes and they can muster up 10 points out of that middle eight there, like that right there, I think will really decide the game. Yeah, and that would probably also decide a four and a half point spread. Mm -hmm. Potentially, yeah. All right, when we come back, Justin, did you just say, can I get another one of those? No, absolutely not. I almost almost vomited saying that. Cut that. And send it to Emily, too, from, from last week as well, because she had some choice words for the Michigan program as well. Um, 312-332-3776 if you've got a thought on the national championship. And when we come back, we have to craft our same-game parlay because we've been hot, hot, hot. We've hit two in a row now, and Justin Pottinger is back with us as well. He's got a prop sheet for us, too. We'll do all that when we come back. This is Chicago's College Tailgate, brought to you by Twin Peaks. Shay and Tyler. Tyler. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's football game day starts with Chicago's College Tailgate. From red shirts to mascots to your school's alma mater, Chicago's College Tailgate has it all. Now back to the show with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Thank you to Justin Pottinger for producing today's show. We'll have Potsy's prop sheet in just a little bit. Also, thank you to all of you for listening all season long. This has been a lot of fun talking college football with you. Uh, it, I had a lot of fun producing this show when Chris Bleck and Adam Abdallah used to host and Jonathan Hood as well. And then us hosting it this year. I've had a lot of fun uh, doing this in year one, Shay. So uh, a lot of college football, a lot Likewise. of fun. And I uh, hope to be back next year doing it all again with all of you talking college football with you every single Saturday. All right. Let's get first to our pick for the game. We'll go around the room and give you our picks for the national championship. Why don't we give a score as well? All right. A score. A score. What am I supposed to get the crystal ball out? Yeah, go. Pottinger, can you give us a little music, please? A little music? Fire yeah. us up yeah, here. Yeah, I got you. Boom, boom. There it is. Ah, the SEC. One last time. Beautiful. All right. What do you like? Well, I'm taking Michigan, and I'm going to lay the four and a half. So I have to work my score around that in some way. Uh, let's do Michigan 34, Washington 24. Okay, so 10-point win for the Wolverines. Your Wolverines. You did belt out a go blue I did not moments belt it. ago. I did not. I you vomited did. it into the you microphone. Did. I am going to go, I think, Washington wins this game 37-35. Ooh. I think it's going to be high score. Thriller. I got Washington 34-30. Oh, oh, oh. Washington, baby. Come on. Of course, the Go two dogs. of you started the show barking at the television and <laughs> <ended laughs> the show barking about Washington. All right, if you missed that, the ESPN Chicago at 9 a.m., the podcast. <laughs> Not going to get back into it. The the show. Pot, for just a little teaser here, Pottinger thinks he can hit a double off of Livy Dunn's boyfriend. Yep. We'll leave it at that. The number one pick in the draft. <laughs> Pottinger can lie, is sitting there and uh, taking 450 dead center. Nothing <laughs> needs to be said. I know what I can do. 370 off the wall. All right, Potsy, what kind of props you got All for right, us? I got props for you guys. We can start in the quarterback department. J.J. McCarthy, guys. 195 and a half passing yards. Ooh. Will it be over or under? It is minus 118 on ESPN for both over and under. Again, 195 and a half. Under. I think he's going to throw the ball like 12 times. So, under. There could be big play potential, though. Like, he could rip off, like, just a couple of 40-yarders, and that adds up. 
I'll go under two. I think it will be a, a run-heavy game, but if it's if it's close, I think it goes over. But I'll 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 say under under one ninety-five. I'm gonna go under as well. But guys, his touchdown total is at one and a half. Over is plus money plus one fifteen. Under is his over and oh. a half for touchdowns. passing touchdowns. Yes, yeah, I'm going passing over. Touchdowns. I'm going under. I look. They like to use their running backs in the passing game when they get down in the red area. I'm going to go over. I feel like he doesn't need to throw it a lot. I guess if I think that there will be 35 points for Michigan, at least two will be throwing. Yeah, just all you need is two passing touchdowns, one to Corum, one to one of the tight ends, or Roman Wilson. You know what they're going to pull out in this game? I guarantee it. The Donovan Edwards throw? No, not that. They're going to pull out a flea flicker in this game. Well, they tried like three times against Alabama. They're going to pull it out in this game because, and I think it'll work. It'll it's more apt to work against this matchup here. Interesting. All right, I'm going to go under as well. It's going to be a rushing game for Michigan. But looking on the other side, guys, Penix, he's also one and a half, but it's at minus two hundred. So let's call it two and a half touchdowns for him. Under two and a half. If you said it at two and a half, I'm going nuts on under. Would yeah. you go? Oh, it's it's one and a half right one now. Half, at minus two hundred for two and a half. Yeah. I think you have to go under. Interesting. Two and a half's crazy. Two and a half is a lot. How's he going to throw three touchdowns? He's not going to have the ball enough. I think I'd buy the points I'll, I'll, or whatever it is. You know, buy get a point back. I would take two and a half over. I would. What about um, what's his yards at? His yards is at two ninety one. That is a bomb over for me. I think I'd go contrarian under. You'd go contrarian. Like, he gets 291 and a half regularly. Yeah. 291 is a very little number. This is Michael Penix. This is Iowa under, baby. When they go low, we go go lower. lower. Why is it only 291? What, are they running a charity in the national championship game? Under. I'm going over on the Penix yards. I think he's throwing for at least 375 in this game. What about his number one option, Roma Dunze? Guys, six and a half receptions is his Ooh, total right now. That's it's, high. It's pretty God. even, pretty even money, but six and a half receptions and 89 receiving yards. What are we doing there? I would go under on the receptions for sure. Over on the yards? Receiving yards starts with an eight. It's college. It's, it's basically, he needs 90. It's 89 and a half. He needs 90. I'm for sure under on catches. Yeah, because I, I think like that's the thing about Penix. He spreads it around. Like Jalen Polk, you get a little. Jalen McMillan, you get a little. I'm probably contrarian under on yards. But it wouldn't shock me if he has like a 45-yard a catch. Yeah, that's yeah, where I'm no, at. I think over, have, over yards under in receptions. Yeah. He could have four grabs for uh, 110. Like he's yeah. a, a freak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we need a same game parlay. Like, yeah, right we got to whip it up real quick. All right, what do you like? Uh... I'm gonna go. Let's say let's not pick a side. All right, let's prop it up. I'm gonna go player pass attempts. JJ McCarthy. This is insane. They're giving money away under 26 and a half. Under 26 He's and a half. He's not throwing 27 passes. Are you out of your mind? All right, I'm gonna go Jalen Polk anytime touchdown. All right, am I able to go with Penix over one and a half touchdowns? Yeah. I don't Why would you what, not be able yeah. to? Okay, because it's the odds are awful. I'll take that. That's a lot. That's fine. I, That's I, a lot. I contributed a. Uh, a plus 215 prop to yeah. it, so it'll even I'll out. T- I'll take us over on touchdowns, one and a half. I was right. thinking about taking Blake under 100 rushing yards. That's his line for that, but I'll, I'll go I'll go Penix. All right, so there it is. Penix, two touchdowns or more, 
we have J.J. McCarthy underpassing attempts and Jalen Polk anytime touchdown. So that is our same game parlay that we are giving you. We're on a hot streak. We're 2-0. So let's hopefully close out the year with another winner. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Chicago's College Tailgate. We appreciate everyone for listening all season long. And listen to the podcast if you miss anything on that great ESPN Chicago app. Peggy and Dion coming up next on ESPN 1000. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago.